What up? Welcome to a podcast with Mo. I am Mo. This is episode 154. On this episode, I'm joined by Anthony Wong, a rapper, engineer, producer, does all that shit, sort of guy. Uh, he calls in. We talk about his music career, uh, his new project called Isolation. Uh, just basically a bunch of rapper talk. We talk about some music gigs, uh, mixing, using loops. I try to convince him to go to Twitter. He won't. So whatever. Um, anyway, thanks for checking us out. A podcast with Mo. What up? Uh, first things first, I got to get to our Patreon. You should go to patreon.com slash a podcast with Mo and at least consider giving us some money every month. Uh, if you give us a dollar or more a month, you'll get early access to all the episodes. Normally come out two or three days early on there. Um, if you give enough money, like my mother, Hurricane Haynes, uh, Pow Wow, Marshall Dharma Initiative Bear, Snappy. Uh, you could be a co-producer and get a shout out like that at the beginning of every episode. If you're like you're real cool, you could be hanging out with your friends and like, well, check this out. I'm a producer of this fucking podcast. So anyway, think about that. Um, and we also have a merch shop. Check out our merch shop. I'll put a link in the podcast description. It's, uh, I think, spreadshirt.com slash a podcast with Mo, something like that. Uh, so we got some cool shirts as well. If y'all want to rock those out in the world, make you seem fucking cool as shit. That's what I think. Um all right, we're keeping the quarantine episodes going. I'm sure everyone's aware out in the world. Uh, today we're calling an artist out of, I don't know where he's from, to be honest. I met him through Petra Vita's Porch Discord. Uh, name is Anthony Wong. Uh, he's a rapper. He also plays some classical instruments, if I remember correctly. So I'm sure we'll get into all of that. Um, he has a project coming out soon. Um, so let's give him a call. Yo. Yo, what's up, man? I'm much, man. How you doing? I'm good. Uh I f- it took me many, many months, but I finally figured out how to say your last name. Um, all because of a TV show called Fresh Off the Boat, which I happen to love. And <laughs> the main character's name is Eddie Wong. And then I saw it spelled, and I was like, oh, that's how his fucking name's pronounced. Dude, Justin, it's fine. It's perfectly fine. <laughs> I mean, I have a last name that's all misspelled, and everyone mispronounces it. So I just feel particularly like I should get that shit right. <laughs> Um, so how would you do a little, um, explanation of yourself, you know, an introduction to the listener? Um, I guess my name's Anthony Wong. Um, I am actually a college student right now, third year, but I am a artist, producer, a mixed master engineer, self-taught, haven't gone to school for any of this. The only thing I guess I could technically say I've gone to school for is music theory because I play the saxophone, but other than that, yeah, basically self-taught everything. Hell yeah, I, I'm in the same boat. I'm not necessarily good, but anything I do do, I learn myself and figure it out. And there is, I think, uh, there is something to it that I think makes it mean more. You know, like when my projects come out, I'm like, I made the art, I mixed every song, I wrote all the lyrics, you know, all the no- sound selection even, you know, it was all me. Um, yeah. There is something cooler about that, I think. I'm garbage at art, though. Thank God I know someone who can do art. <laughs> I'm not good. I, I have a certain aesthetic I keep going for, so I at least can all match something I know I can pull off. I think it's passable, you know, but it's not necessarily good. Yeah. Speaking of art, shout out to Selty for the new album art. Like, oh, my God, she did an amazing job. Oh, yeah. Is that the 
What's the name of the new project? We the plug? Is that it? Uh, nah, isolation. Oh, okay. I just remember yeah, the we the plug art. That's the one that sticks out in my head. Yeah, she did that. She did those two also. She did the we the plug and the remix one, which I did with the with a rap group, uh, Asylum Music Group. Hell yeah! And when does your new project come out? Like date wise? Uh, date wise is coming out on April tenth, right at midnight Eastern Standard Time. All right, so it came out last week for when this came out. So everyone go. Uh, check that out. If you got Spotify or Apple Music or any of the other stores, um, it's also going to be on YouTube. It's going to be premiering there, also. Hell well, yeah! So, by the time this you all hearing this, it's probably already premiered. <laughs> right. I'll I'll make sure in the description of the podcast put your name and the title of the album. You know, and then also don't forget to send me some songs so I'll at least play one at the end of here. You know, whichever one you want. Oh um, yeah, I meant to do that just when you called. Uh, so yeah, I don't know what your how many. If I remember correctly, I remember you posting it and then Petra Vita sharing it. It seemed like there was a lot of songs on this project. Is that right? It's it was originally I was planning to make this eight songs, but then quarantine hit and I started writing music and I was like, you know what? This is about to go to as far as I can make it. And I ended up making it 15 songs. The hell yeah. I mean, that rarely happens to me. Normally I make too many and then I cut some, you know, where I, I plant like, for instance, I have this whole internet friends project I did before and I'm working on internet friends too now. And right. I've sent out probably to 30 rappers now, right? Now, I'm probably only like 25 beats in that folder. I need to make more, I guess. Um, I've been doing some collabs with other producers to throw in there, but I sent in all these things. But I know most of those rappers will not do anything, and that's fine. You know, I didn't really – I didn't have like a whole ball, high bar to jump over. I just said, who's interested? I'll send you the email. So we'll see what happens. But Dude, I remember the second you sh- you showed me a song, I was like, oh, this beat goes fire. Like I was left looking through the library – and I found and I found the uh, I forget what the title was that uh, we were talking about. I, I forget what if I it was nobody like nobody like me. Yeah, 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 yeah. I need to send I need to send you those actual the actual stems for that because that that beat went hard. Um, yeah, nobody like me at the moment. It is out under uh, a friend of the podcast, Sir Nasty. He he done a verse for it, and then they put he put it on his project. He asked if he could and all that. Um, so it okay. does exist on Spotify if anyone wants to check that out. But my plan is for Internet Friends 2, I want to do like the game style remix where there was like 18 people on, <laughs> you know, a song like I'm trying to do a really long remix. If I can get enough people, I would even consider doing just a Nobody Like Me EP in which I just have like eight different versions of the song. Right. We're like college age kids together. Uh, the horrorcore version with all of those sort of, you know, like. If we could get yeah, enough yeah. people, I could see doing different versions of it and then doing one long mega mix. You know, I think that would be fun. But most people, not most, a lot of people, they are making music to make money. You know what I mean? And so right, they're like, well, right. I don't want to get 5% of a song <laughs> that has 18 people <laughs> that no one's going to listen to. But to me, right. I'm like, I don't care. It's going to be so fun. We should all do it. So it I know. Especially if you do like different interpretations of it. Like if you did like for the horror one to be like definitely more like metal guitar or something. And then like for... For like the college age one, it'd be like a lot of boom bat trap or something like right. that. Because I have all the sims, I can, I mean, easily go and change some instruments out. Uh, like I said, Sir, do any pitch changes as well, yeah. Right, and Sir Nasty, he's more on that horrorcore stuff a little bit. And then Brad Storex, friend of the podcast, he does the horrorcore. So I could see us doing that version right now. Also, you um, and then Bernard Willis, friend of the podcast, have also done verses for it. So we have enough to at least do like a fun remix. You know, at least something will exist. But I'm hoping we can get like a fucking mega mix. Yeah, I'm thinking next project or even maybe next song I'm going to write, I'm going to try to make like 
a completely huge cipher that has all the people that I know would have you would have a bunch of people from the porch gang, have people from the asylum music group, people from my college and stuff. Like I'm trying to get, I want to get like a really big mega mix. Cause what inspired me to make the, on, on the last album, uh, not nine one one. literally I had, I, I don't think I added you on it. It was like a bunch of guys from the porch. It was like, and some people from my college, it was like, what, maybe I put like 12, 14 rappers on one song. Right. I yeah. want to kind of, I want to try to do something like that again. I remember you had like my team had a, quite a few people. You've had a few different songs. Yeah, yeah, I've had a good, I've had a good amount. Um, the way you do like the mega collabs, which I think is awesome. Like I said, I've done the whole uh, collab album, Internet Friends, mainly because I have all these beats and I like to make songs with my beats, and I, I just can't write uh, verses, you know, words like I used to. When I was in college, man, I was I, I was recording multiple songs a day, right? Like if that's what I was doing that day, but it's just so hard now because I'm old, I guess, and I don't. Nothing really inspires me like it once did, right? Like I used to be able to like, all right, this song is all about eating pussy. And I would just make a whole <laughs> song about it. Whereas in now I'm like, well, I'm married and I can't say anything that if anyone knows me, my wife would be a bear. You know, like <laughs> there's too much life shit that comes in, the, gets in the way for me. Or if it's like, you know, I make a lot of stoner jams, but even then I like want to hate on myself for being like, well, that's too easy. But I'm like, well, that's why I do it. Cause it's easy and fun. You know, like. I just I put too much pressure on myself these days, so it's really hard for me to like sit down and write a verse. And it's way easier if I'm doing a collab with someone to let them start the idea. That's why the whole premise of the way my collab album works is they normally start the song and then I'll add a verse to it, you know, because I can do right, that. That's right. easy. But when I have to like sit there and be like, what is the art I'm gonna make to represent me as a solo person? That's always ha- way harder for me. No, I feel it's like when you're making a song, you can make the beat, you can think of a melody for a hook, like. A lot of people know me for like making hooks for different for different songs. Like they've always like always want me to do hooks and stuff, but I can never think of like exactly what I want to do like word wise. I always have to like decide like either whatever comes out of my mouth, I'm just gonna go with it, or if uh like I had to like sit there and think like was this actually we trying to talking about right when and what's weird is like I'll have little things I'll let slide um. You know, I'm not one to do doubles, which is a weird, weird thing. Almost everyone I know does backing vocals, you know, like, because it makes your sound, your song sound fuller. But like, I rarely spit a verse the same way twice. You know, it's always a little different. Um, like a word will be different or I'll like actually switch my flow up a little bit. Like, I don't know why. That's just the way I've always done it. So normally if I find the take I like, there's not another take to match it. And then if I try to match it, I just feel, I feel like it sounds muddy to me, you know, but I know that is like a very very popular thing and i'll let a lot of stuff slide but then whenever people use like the word and instead of but i I just get fucking pissed about it because i'm like you know the word but is a you know a word you're going to use because you're like you know i smoke a lot of weed but you won't see me coughing you know that would be like a line if someone said i smoke a lot of weed and you won't see me caught to me that just doesn't as good because you should have used but because it's that implied negative there and i care a lot about those little words which i feel like most people are like who gives a fuck like that's not important to the overall idea of the song no i get you like i sometimes i notice a lot of my writing i use i use cuz and and a lot right like i'd always be like i'm rapping on this beat because i'm having the heat and never stopping on the flow because i'm repping the beat like i do stuff like that a lot Right. I use like a lot. Like is my my crutch word, and it's because I am so influenced by Lil Wayne. Uh, you know, I've been listening since I was, I don't know, 10, 11 years old or younger, and I'm old. So I've been listening for <laughs> so long. 
and he does metaphor or maybe it's similes i don't fucking know i'm not a Eng- my wife's an english teacher i should ask her but you know it's like something's <laughs> like something like i'm really good at those sort of punch lines but like i yeah when big sean came on the scene and he just took the word like out you know so it'd be like just the first and last part of the analogy and you're just supposed to as the listener know he meant to put a like in there like i hated it but now i know people judge if you use like too much so i'm like i don't know changing times yeah i've been honestly honestly i've been trying to work on my punchlines more because the group that i'm in right now they're like they're crazy lyricists and like if i if I was known for anything in that group compared to those guys, I'd be the guy just making the beats or having the melodic lines. Those guys are crazy lyricists. You'll you'll hear them on the new album. Like Layman's fucking nasty. Maniac goes. Maniac is is essentially a a younger Eminem when it comes to lyrics and like tonality. It just sounds awesome, right? And then Trippy J just he'll come with punchlines that you're not expecting. I have one punchline on a collab track. I don't know if it's ever going to come out. You know you know when you do verses for someone and then you just haven't heard from them? Um, yeah, yeah. And so I'll, I'll reuse the Sundays. Hopefully no one steals it if I say it here, but I'm going to because I think about it all the time. As I, I don't even remember what the first line is, but we'll say I say something like, and I'm too legit. And I say, and I'm I, we can't say retarded, so I'm stupid sick. And I just think <laughs> – I don't know why I love it. I love the fact I can't say retarded, so I'm stupid sick. I just think that's a really good line. And I really hope that song comes out someday and people hear and they're like, oh, shit, that was too far. You know, like, that's what I want to accomplish. I hope I don't remember that after this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> right. And you you could probably beat me with it. It's fine. Um, but, yeah, so it seemed like you got the music thing down. You say you play saxophone. I see you on Instagram sometimes sharing videos of you playing live instruments at places. Is that how you make money? Yeah. Um, the money is like kind of weird. I have like different things that I get for money. Sometimes I'll just like, um, helping out with parents at the business and sometimes getting a cut there. Sometimes I'll be, um, producing for people, whether it's actually making them the beat or it's like I'm mixing, which since Corona has come in, you'd think I'd be getting more business, but so far it hasn't really been because some people don't have a record, have the a right space to record right. or just aren't really inspired lately. So I don't get that much. Um, I would, yeah. Sometimes I play some live gigs. That usually, when those when those live gigs are kicking, most of the time, those are usually where I get most of my income. Because a lot of people pay for quartets to just come chill for any kind of event, where whether it's corporate, whether it's a wedding gig, or if you're just sitting there at a bar, just getting a cut from their happy hour. It's like it's definitely. It's definitely a nice way to make some nice cash, and especially split it between friends that you know that you know for a while, and you can actually like click with music wise right well i mean i think that's cool because i know people that have like real bands and they barely break even you know by the time they travel places and do you know set up all their equipment their drum set they're good you know and perform and they're doing it to get some fans but it's like oh yeah we just broke even so it's cool that there's options to at least make a little money yeah it's a it's like you got to think cost wise like what kind of what kind of uh, kind of people you're looking for, like what they're look, what they're what they want specifically, and how much you really need to bring, and is it going to be a worth worth trip and stuff like that? Like I did a, there was a terrible, uh, like terrible setup that we were trying to do one time that we were that was like, hey, we're recording engineers, we can go and do this for you, blah blah blah, and I'm like, uh, should we even try it? They sound they quote unquote sound legit. So we show up at their place. It's like 
I don't know where, like an hour away from Charlottesville. I don't know where, I don't remember where it is. I don't want to remember. It was like completely sketchy. It looked like a freaking abandoned building, <laughs> but inside it, that didn't look too bad, but they said they were like an up and coming recording center. I was like, okay, do you even know jazz? And they were trying to find names for us and stuff and try to like get us on a tour on map. And we're like, bruh, you're thinking way too broad. You need to think of the specifics. Like, you, does this recording even sound good? How are you even going to record us? Do you even know our genre? Do you even know, like, they were, they were thinking just automatically, they're young kids. We can automatically exploit their talent and try to get a cut out of it. Right. We're like, nope. That enti- After that day, we never came back. <laughs> and my friend's like, well, we're never going back there, but I lost my quarter-inch cable. <laughs> <laughs> So you had to get a new one, but yeah. there's a, like a recording studio here in the town. I'm in, you know, I'm in a pretty small town, but uh, I've kind of checked out some of their pictures and you know, it's guys about my age that have decided, Hey, we're going to make a recording studio and try to make money. But then I heard the music they recorded and it's horrible. It is now I understand for my mixing purposes compared to a lot of other, especially hip hop uh, engineers or producers, I guess my kicks and bass aren't typically as loud as everyone else's. I just feel like it drowns everything out and I want to hear goddamn lyrics I wrote. So right, uh, right. on my mixes, you know, I, I kind of lean a little heavy probably on the melody and, uh, on and vocals side, the high end, if you will. Um, so maybe I'm wrong, but I've just heard so many mixes out of this place where it's, everything's just so loud and muddy and I'm like, Oh, I hate it. And then people are paying money for this. You know, like they're taking their band there and paying people to record and engineer this. And then, you know, like our mutual friend Petra Vita, who I think his mixes sound top notch, you know, like I oh, think, yeah. I think he is top notch as far as a, an at home studio, do it yourself sort of guy. And like, even he's told me how, you know, someone hired him to mix stuff and he, you can only do what you have, you know, the raw audio you have, you know, there's only so much. Exactly. You can do. And so then they'll be like, no, I'm not paying you because of this. So I have never tried to charge anyone for mixing stuff, even though I do think these days I'm probably like 80% of the way to professional sounding. And I know I am better at mixing than some people. I've never been like, Hey, I'll, I'll charge you to do that. But I have thought about it when I've heard people that make money, put out some stuff that I'm like, someone paid you for that. Like, that's crazy. What I hate is when people, when I try to give my best with the situation that I have and they still won't even pay for me for that. Like I'm not putting any names, but I've, but if you listen, if you listen to a track hungry, you'll know who I'm talking about. He basically, <laughs> he, I, he owes me, he owes me money for that. And I, I did a whole album. I went, I went an hour out of my way to go to his place. Almost got hit by a car on the way there because that neighborhood's sketchy as fuck. And like, I fucking show up there. I spent what four or five hours mixing there with, with only my laptop. I didn't bring my headphones because I thought he said he had speakers. He, I was literally listening to mixes straight on without realizing that my ears were deteriorating. Right. Like that's not a fucking good thing to do. And so I did my best on it. And then the album, like I'm, that's not, I'm not saying it's one of my best works. It's probably. I don't want to say it's my worst either because I've mixed worse, worse things, but it's like in that middle tier where it's like, I could have done better if I had better situations going on, but it's just like, that's an excuse and you just got to learn for that. And then here I am making music for McGuire on his dust album. That, that sounded pretty good for the situation I had. I was using only Sony MDR 7506s for headphone reference and some old Sony stereo speakers. And I think the I think the album turned out fine. I could have mixed it a little better, 
if I had more knowledge back then, but it sounded fine from there. And then I've also made for an up and coming artist who's popping right now. I think he's, uh, I think he's signed with TuneCore. I think, nice. and he and he gets and he has like I think eight hundred thousand streams on Spotify. And I've mixed a few of his tracks before. He's done a feature for me as well. Like he's like he's an amazing guy, and he does pop and and he's just some. I'm just saying that like if you can find the right connections and you can find people that can aspire if they need if they need help see if you can help them like I've had a friend who I went to high school with he's going to Berkeley right now I told him that I told him straight up this that if he wants he can I did I did one mix for him he liked it he wanted something he wanted something a little different I told him there's some things I control some things I can he understood and now I'm thinking I might be mixing his EP later and he's willing to charge because he know he knows I'm trying to hustle and he and I know he's trying to hustle, so I want to make the best for him. So it's always just like a matter of start with your friends, see if they want to, see if they believe in your skills and test it there, then try broaden out and see if there's anyone else. Because I know people in the porch, uh, I know I think one person might be hitting me, me back up to see if they can mix their mixtape. But I just wanna I'm I think I need to get myself better of marketing myself out there and showing people that like I have skills to actually mix stuff. You just got to invest it and see if it's worth it. Right. And I always, and I always do the belief of, all right, I did my first mix. You get one more chance. You get one more chance to see if there's anything else you want changed. And if you, and then if that's it, that's it. You don't like it, then we can compromise and see what's going on. But until then it's like, I do one mix that I think is fine. You want any changes? Sure. I'll do it. And then we're good to go. Right. Makes sense. Makes sense. Um, All right. So if you have any questions, suggestions, or corrections, please email us at a podcast with Mo. That is a P O D C A S T W I T H M O at gmail.com. Perfect. Boom. I think also you come across things that you go on where, you know, the things I made six months ago, I thought sounded really good. And then now the things I make now, I think sounds really, you know, like you just evolve, like your ears change a little bit, your preferences will change a little. Um, I think, you know, kind of speaking like the Petrovita situation, you know, I bet Petrovita is the best person in the world, maybe not the world, but really good at mixing his vocals, just like I'm pretty good at mixing my vocals. Um, oh, I remember him talking on a on one of his on his streams and i and i ain't mad about it i'm glad he said it because he was he was reviewing my uh i think it was second waves album and we were talking how he did a feature on 24 hours and ride and he was like the song sounded good hit my vocals were popping but in those in all those songs i could have done better at learning how to mix other people's vocals and i agree with that like you got you got to learn once you hear your own sound you got to learn how to make other people sound sound just as good right i would whatever circumstances i think one of the few things i'm proud of uh, or not one one of the things i'm proud of on the internet friends album is i think almost everyone's vocals sound better than mine like i think i mix <laughs> my vocals the worst but it might just be my recording situation i need to look into it but um like certain people like my friend bernard willis you know he'll say and now his voice is also just so low that it fits in well on the beat where my voice is a little more high pitch when I'm rapping. So I got to cut some low end and do, you know, do a little things. Um, also, 
learning about saturations a big fucking deal. Uh, just this week, you know, just give people a little mixing advice, I guess. Uh, I decided to put on my drum bus, you know, where all my drums are collected, uh, a transient processor, which I never do. And just that alone, all of a sudden, now all the drums just slap so much harder. And I'm like, okay, I guess I should do that every time now. And I'm sure I won't on every time, but whenever it's called for to have some harder hitting drums. So, like, I just think if you're active, you learn something new all the time. And you're like, well, hey, check that out. That was pretty cool. Um, you know, like I, I think I've gotten into automation a lot more in the last few months where, you know, maybe this distortion has, you know, a a shape it's making in its automation process and doing stuff like, I don't know. I just think you can always learn some things. Um, and whenever, you know, I think of to just a year ago, I was like, Oh, I don't want to do all that. That's too much. And then I'm sure you can go too far and you definitely can where you do too much. Um, but it's just about finding that balance and, and messing with it. And then some people are not going to be made for it. Some people are not going to be able to mix their own stuff and they will need someone. Um, when you were mentioning that, something I've thought of is, you know, I have plenty of uh, friends on the internet these days, and I have some that do mix stuff for money. I personally think they always charge too much money. Now, I understand, like you said, you you know spent four hours mixing something. That's a long time, you know, if you're getting paid per hour. But when someone's trying to charge me fifty dollars to mix and master a song, I will never make fifty dollars back on that song ever. Yeah. So it just, I'm just no, not going to do it. I always try to think rationally. I'm like, all right. I've been doing this as like the college mindset, like, all right, not everyone's going to have enough money. So I always do it like $30 for a, for a mix and master and I'll do it all. I'll do it within 24 to 48 hours or whenever your deadline is and I'll get that done. And then, like I said, I always do like a one refresh just to double check with them. But then like, I'll do something like, I remember for the dust album that I did a deal with him because he was moving, he was moving from rich from Richmond, Virginia to LA and he was talking about how he was like trying to save money and stuff. I'm like, all right, how about this? $200 for an eight track album. And that's like saving what? $40 right there. Eight times three. Yeah. Yeah. $40 right there. And I'm like, I'm always trying to be reasonable and trying to make sure that people that while I worry about the money, I want them to only worry about the sound that's going to end up. I don't, I don't want them to worry too much about currency or like worst case, you can't pay me on the spot. If I trust you, sure, send it to me within the week and I got you. But if you're going to be like, all right, I don't have the money right now. Wait for my paycheck. And it doesn't show up. I'm not working with you again. I'm not going to talk to you again. And hell, I might fucking throw a diss track at you. <laughs> right. Dropping bars. Um, and, and then another thing, again, instead of people complaining about you know stuff being too expensive, they should just learn how to do it themselves if they don't want to pay. I think There's really so deal. many great people that teach you how to mix. I mean, Kenny Beats just did it was uh, a live on how he did it, how he mixes his vocals, and even when he makes his beats, he even every time he throws a sample in, he'll lower it to a certain to a certain decibel because he knows that's where he wants it to be in the pocket. And I'm like, that's just a great mind mentality to do. Like every time I work on beats, like sometimes I'll forget to lower things, but most of the time, I try to leave my kicks and 808s in one area, so then the rest follow. And then it's all sonically matches. But I've also been doing that. Uh, I've been putting all my instrumentals on one bus and and putting limiters and maximizers just so that it pops. But at the same time, it doesn't overpower the vocal so I can control it better. Right. Yeah, I personally, you know, I think it depends on the genre. You know, there's a lot of differences here. I do probably the closest thing would be like, I don't know, trip hop or chill hop beats. It's probably the majority of mine. And, um, you know, I always start out... Uh, 
at my kick at negative six, and then my eight oh eights or base, whatever I'm doing at like negative nine, and then I try to match right. everything else around that. Um, but then if I am going to make it, and that's just for what I consider mixing. So like that's if I'm going to upload my beat. And a lot of people are like, well, those kicks aren't loud. I'm like, yeah, but if you buy this and you buy the stems and you hire an engineer, they're going to mix it. You know, I'm leaving headroom in the beat. I don't max it out when I'm putting it on my beat story. Now I've been told I should, that I should go ahead and master it and sound like a finished song. But that's just going to be more work on the engineer on the, on the back end, you know, of getting everything turned down now again. So my beat when it's a beat to when I finish a song is different. You know, shit gets turned up more saturation on different things. You know, I notch out places. I'll normally put like, uh, I'll side chain my vocals to the main melody, you know, kind of get, I feel like mastering the beat kind of makes it easier in the engineer in a sense, because you are mastering it in a sense that yes, it may be, it may be a bit loud. Maybe it'll be, it's true peak value may be stuck at zero and you have an LUFS of what eight maybe, but then like, Yes, you can turn it down. As long as it's not distorting, you can turn it down and it still sounds good. And if you're mastering in the right mindset, you know what air, what areas to leave out. So those certain frequencies, when the artist comes in, can pop out. Like I've been doing that for people in the asylum. I've made tracks for Nefarious and for Trippy J and Fonz. And I've been always thinking in mindset first. What kind of what kind of sounds they want. Like I know Trippy, he likes a lot of lo-fi and boom bap. Fonz is the an auto-tune guy like myself. And uh Nefarious. He just takes anything. I'm like, I had this one beat. I, I couldn't think of anything to use. I just played it for them in my group chat. And he's like, yo, hit me up with that. And I'm like, oh, okay. And so I'm thinking, wait, what else did I not do in that beat that I need to send to him? So I was like, oh, wait, I need a riser. So let me add that. Oh, no, I didn't, I didn't completely uh, master the whole instrumental. So what I did was put an Ozone 8. And I, I don't use the assistance. I only use the assistance when I'm fully mastering a song because it, ha- it has those specifics in mind that I never really pay attention to. And so I would put a limiter, I'd put EQ just in case if frequencies are being weird, and I would also put uh, uh, a maximizer so that it's kicking up so that you feel, so the artist feels that energy while, you, while they're recording. And then I make sure that, okay, it's going to stay around negative one, negative two dB. All right, that's fine. It's not gonna. It's not in the red zone. It stays around the yellow. Okay, and then send it to them. And if it's not distorted and crazy, then it works. Right. When I hear a lot of songs, you know, through my podcast of the way we play music, and I always level everything to my podcast. Uh, it's like a negative two decibel. Export it and then I normalize it all, you know. But I want all the songs to be the same level. So what I end up having to do because everyone mixes so differently is I'm turning a lot of songs like up by like nine decibels, and I'm turning a lot of songs down by like six because a lot of them are clipping, you know. Like, and the clip in Adobe Auditions, like you have to be like over by like an extra three decibels because it auto adjusts or something for when you do the podcast thing. So some people do mix way too fucking loud in my opinion. So I do think there's a happy medium. I love how Spotify normalizes kind of everything to a, a more normal level. At least I feel like it does so that even when you make a playlist and you go from one song to another, even if someone did mix not too drastic, too loud, right. You can't really tell. So I think that helps um, quite a bit. And you just find your own thing. Like for me and for instance, like I, I, like I said, I don't really master my beats, but if I'm going to use them, it's kind of better that way because then I feel better sliding my vocals into the to the beat project file as opposed to laying my vocals over the beat, if that makes sense. I like laying mine over the beat just so that, like, I know it's going to take up more CPU, but at the same time, it's like, 
I can be like, all right, I want this moment. Now that after I wrote this verse, I kind of want this to not have, to have drums right here or this 808 to just go way more ham than it should be and et cetera like that. Right. Oh, I just feel like I'm in the beat more. And I've had people complain that, you know, thought my vocals should be louder and the beat should not be as loud. But I think I'm also just so like proud of my beats that I'm like, nope, we're just going to. She's going to be right there in the middle. She's going to all be together is one thing. But you also run the risk, because I hear it all the time again, of muddiness. A lot of people think, I mean, I don't use auto-tune very often. I don't even have it installed at the moment. Um, I guess I have pitcher. I guess pitcher kind of an auto-tuner if, if you know how to do it. But uh, anyway, a lot of people, they want to they want their vocals to match exactly to the melody of the beat. And it's like, you can't even hear what you're saying. Like it, it, Like, it starts becoming one noise, you know, and... Yeah, I mean, I do get that mindset. I like, I don't know, when it comes to making melodies, it's like, you got to think of what, you got to leave, you got to make sure all the melodic instruments are leaving space while there's a movement. You could have something, you have like, like for, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, the box song. I forgot. Roddy, Roddy Rich. Rich. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, Like the E-U, like that's in a high frequency that's just in like pan maybe to the right or left, or it's just like tremoloing and like it's, it adds, it adds flavor to the song. And then the violins and the orchestra, they're in the background, just at adding that color while Roddy Rich is going to be doing his auto tune melody, which yeah, that's definitely, that's the point when you're, that's probably what people are thinking. But at the same time, it's like, that's another thing where, if you have, let's say, a saxophone playing a melody and your verse is, and your hook is going to be the same thing as that melody, yes, you can try to make them blend, but make sure that you're standing out and the saxophone is doing a background. The saxophone is not there to take the lead. If you wanted that to be the lead, you shouldn't have said anything in the first place. Right. I agree. Uh, you're talking about Roddy Rich talking. And it really, it's all about pockets. And I guess people that don't give a fuck about music, they wouldn't understand or care. But it really is about like my voice. I know where it's strong at on my little EQ thing. It's like, I don't know, five to 6,000, you know, and up, you know, mine's pretty high pitch. And so when I even make beats, I kind of am already automatically leaving that pocket there. You know what I mean? So if someone else wants it, I can do some mix adjustments. You know, for instance, I mentioned Bernard Wills earlier. He has a very deep voice. I can cut out where his verse is, an EQ slot that, you know, is where his voice is strongest to kind of help it stick out. So like, I just think a lot of people are like, when the beat's done, and again, not all rappers are engineers and producers, so I know it's different. They're just like, I'm just going to rap to it. And I'm like, bro, your e- your voice is EQ'd at the same thing as that beat. You know, like, you're battling your yeah. own beat. You got to not do that. The thing, I don't I definitely need to get better at EQing out stuff so voices stand. Because I honestly don't do that as much. What I always try to do is just make sure, okay, the beat is around this LUFS. Let me get my get, get every single vocal, maybe one or two LUFS is a little higher just so that they have presence over it while not having to worry about EQing and stuff. And sometimes that works. I don't know. Uh, you can, you can, anyone who listens right now, you can, you can judge it right now. Listen on Spotify, listen on YouTube, see if that trick works, see if it doesn't work. And I mean, all these things are very important. And the thing is, I think there isn't really, and maybe there is, and I'm just an idiot. But there's not like one go-to video to learn all of it. You know, like you really do just have to be always kind of learning and figuring stuff out. And then you'll you'll build up your knowledge. You know, I have people that say they want to learn how to make beats and do this, but it seems really hard. But at one time, all of us didn't know how to do any of it. So I would say, if anything, check out these two guys. I've probably seen them already, but 
Kenny Beats because well he's amazing and he and he's done live streams where basically he's shown how he does his vocal chains. He's shown from scratch how he makes his beats and even and even you notice how he makes it sound unique and what he sets his volumes to. And then Sean Devine, if you're a Logic Pro X guy, he's done so many videos on not only other plugins but how to make your vocals sound amazing with just stock plugins. It's he's an amazing guy. See, I've never watched him, I guess, because I don't use Logic Pro. So I'm assuming that's. I would say I would say check him out regardless, even if you don't have Logic Pro, because you could still learn a thing or two from that. Like I started with I started with Ableton, and I kind of wish I stayed with Ableton only because I have I have so many presets and mindsets in Logic now, and I kind of want to go back to Ableton, especially when they have a 90 free trial right now as of as of April, like. They have a 90-day free trial, and I kind of want to jump on that, but I'm like, do I really want to change my work ethic if I have this perfect dual compression setup that I like and like the workflow and and instrumentations that there are in Logic? Do I want to really jump that to Ableton? It's like, I, I... it's a lot. It's a lot of a switch if you go from one to another because the second you have that one mindset and you have that, those one go-to stock plugins, you're like, can you really do the same thing somewhere else? Right. Well, I just paid money for the doll I use, and I'm not trying to pay money for another one until I get really bored. Um, and I don't judge anyone for any doll they use. I think they can all be cool. They can all accomplish stuff. And I get honestly really annoyed when people are like hating on just shit. don't do just don't do music on audacity please don't <laughs> oh, no. um, the only reason i have audacity is i bought this record player and it came with uh, a little disc with audacity because for some reason audacity and none of my other dolls do this i have a couple others installed whenever you plug this record player in it recognizes it as an instrument and then it'll just record anything you play on the record player to audacity does not even recognize the record player on any other doll i have which is just fucking weird now i understand it's plugged in through a usb so I maybe, yeah, those dolls don't, but like audacity does. I just don't fucking get it. Anyway, maybe, uh, you can get involved in our producer challenge in the future. If you're, if you're up for it, maybe what's uh, up, what's the challenge? Oh, we had, so back around May, not May, April, something or another, uh, we done a producer challenge one in which I sent everyone a sample to flip. It was actually a whole song and they could just do whatever they wanted to it to make a beat. So like, you know, Pootie entered where he used only samples from that song. And then we had some other, you know, artists in it where they use drum. I, mean, I told, they told people they do whatever they want with it, you know, just make a sample out of that song and flip it and do whatever. Um, and it was great. It was my new favorite podcast. So if you're, if you're making beats and you're down to try, uh, I can get you on that list for the next one. We'll see. Okay. I think I'm interested. Yeah. Uh, at the moment, I'm thinking of what we could f- sample. I just have no idea what we could. Because people, last time I'd done this like 1939 song, I loved it. And I love the beat I made. Some other people did as well. Uh, but other people were like, oh, this is boring. I need something more modern. And I'm like, well, I don't, un- I don't I know mean, what people, I don't know what people sample. <laughs> I mean, you could just chop it up. You could literally uh, pitch it up in different ways, put other effects nothing's too old to be sampled you just either you have this one stuck mindset or you're not willing to try something different right that's what i think and uh you know sample and looping are different that's another thing a lot of people uh online you know that's a big thing when someone's like i don't think you should use loops then someone's like all the classic hip-hop songs were sampled and i'm like well that's not quite the same thing um and then also don't care people use loops I, i do every once in a while most of the time i don't but i have uh do you have a, an opinion on that? Do you see that online, this argument going on? Um, 
I'm not going to name this one person, but I remember back when I was first making music and I joined the porch crew, he definitely nagged at me for using loops and not making diversity. And I'm like, okay, that makes sense. I'm using the same instrumentals over and over again. I'm using the same beats and stuff. I'm using the same 808s. And okay, I still use the same 808s, but this but this 808 fucking goes ham. So I'm like, why not? <laughs> it's like my go-to. But it's like... I do get out of my comfort. I do I do chop samples. I do sometimes just use the same loop over and over again. But I have been getting and been trying to get in the habit of if I have this one sample, try pitching it up, try pitching it down, try chopping it so it doesn't sound exactly like the sample was. Uh put EQ filters on it, put other effects on it, flangers, just anything just to make it sound unique. Right. I agree. I want my beats to sound unique and I think they will regardless, even if I dropped a loop. Now Overall, I do think like if I went out and I downloaded, you know, the Somatics Cobra kit or whatever, and I don't even know what's in that kit, so I could be wrong here. But if like let's say they had a loop, a melody loop, and then they had a drum loop, both at 120 BPM, and I just dragged both of those into my session, and that's it, and that was the beat, was that? I do I don't think that's really producing. You know, like I I, I mean I personally yes don't. And- I mean, yes and no, because like some of the greatest like trap hits so far, they've been literally what maybe five different instruments and three of them are drums and drum sets. But I'm not even saying that. Like, if you make it, that's fine. I'm saying if I downloaded a loop from Somatics and then took their melody loop and their drum loop and that was the whole song, I just think that's Somatics beat. I don't think that's whoever the fuck claims they made that beat. Like, I mean, I think someone made it. Whoever made that loop and those drums. I just, uh, and then some, so like what I do, if I ever do use a drum loop, I then recreate it, you know, like I'm like, well, I'll try to redo that the best of my ability. And that makes me feel good. Now, um, again, if people want to do that and they sell them and they make money, cause that's another argument. If, if you ever hate on loops, the biggest argument you hear is why well, make money. And I'm like, okay, well, that's cool. Good. That's great. Um, so I mean, I think everyone should do what they want, but I know me personally, as someone who sits there and makes beats. If I use the melody loop, I'm like, well, I need to make the counter melody then. You know, like I have to do something else with that. I can't – I just feel like I'm cheating. So No matter what in this world, there's always going to be one person who's thinking differently, and you just got to accept that. And especially when there's a whole group of them that think the same thing, it's like, well, what are you going to do, fight every single one of them? You right. just got to – if you state your claim, you st- if you, that person states your claim, they state their claim. Now, if it's something harmful like, oh, I think this person needs to die, like, oh, that's a whole different thing. But if it's something childish, like oh, I don't, I, I think loops aren't a set, aren't aren't art. I think something else is. I'm like, okay, that may be a prideful thing, but it's not something you got to kill for. Right. And then speaking of the porch, because again, I don't, I don't really care one way or the other too bad. But there was like two schools of thought in there. One was people who use loops very proudly, and then there were the other school of thought of you know that was the worst thing you could possibly do as a music maker. Now I don't think that. I'm like, I think there it's is a room the- and place for it. I definitely do. I just think. Um, you are lying to yourself if you only use loops only and layer yeah, them. It's, and one, it's them. one thing to it's one thing to say that loops aren't a necessity. Like technically, when you make a drum, when you make a drum beat, you're technically looping. Right. So you just made there's the loop. No, there's no point of avoiding it right. unless you're going to make every single snare like ten milliseconds in difference. Then sure, make your claim. I don't care. But until then, no, that's not going to everything's essentially a loop like heck yeah okay i'll have so what if i have a hi-hat loop sure but then i gotta i'm gonna make it i'm gonna make it feel more lax 
than it originally is. It's not going to be on the one. It's going to be like 10 milliseconds off of the one. So then it has that extra delay feel to it. I'm going to like, um, I'm going to maybe pitch it up. I'm going to put filter. Like I said, like you, you can make a, you can use a loop however you want. Samples, sampling stuff can technically count as a loop as well because you're probably going to use that the entire time. It's, a, it's another thing when you make it your own and you actually make it sound different and not just like the same thing over and over again. Right. I agree. I just think it's about being creative, um, having fun, all that stuff supporting. Yeah. Um, but it is now an argument said, on Twitter every day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That being said, though, sometimes you, if you listen to my music, sometimes, yes, it does sound like a constant loop and it sounds like maybe you want something to change. I already made the album. I'm I'm fine with it. How it sounded, it sounded it sounded dope to me. But it's another. But I definitely do. I definitely do try to make things different to try to change up stuff. I, and that's why I love beat cuts as well. Because beat cuts, it can make it can turn your song from just just a regular loop to to an actual song. It gives it a whole different character and vibe. They could like they could be spinning bars, and then as soon as they start doing the sixteens or they hit a punchline, you just cut the beat make it feel epic, put the riser in, and then just slam those drums in, in their face right after. Right. Uh, I definitely need to do more audio cuts. Um, I do not do those near as much as I should. Because uh, so I do fun. have pretty cool uh, punch lines. The one thing I love about Logic is that they have a, on their face, there's a, there's a fader tool. Like every, every doll has a fader tool, but, but Logic has an extra feature with that fader tool. They can also slow it down. So it sounds like you're slowing down a record or it's like, or it's like a record cut. Let's scratch that. And so I would always love using. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I'd always love doing that because there's always, because there's always moments where you could just like, just spit it off and you feel like a DJ for a second. And you just spin it back up and you just keep it going. I love, I love doing those. It adds extra diversity to the song. The only thing that always, always thing I need to always figure out. I was like, if it's the right sample to do it. Cause sometimes when you do a beat stop, it'll sound really shit. And sometimes it'll sound really strong. What else are you into besides music stuff? Or is that your whole life? You just do music. Uh, I wish I could do all music, but it ain't paying the bills. So I've been basically, uh, I'd go on at college. I'm a teacher assistant. I, for coding, I, I try to, I've been trying to get myself an actual job in coding. I actually just did an interview this morning about, um, basically trying to see if I can get a government job doing IT work for them and stuff and management. And if they let me in, I got to do screening and stuff like that. But like, that's what I'm trying to, that's what I'm trying to do at the moment. If I blow up as an artist and sure, I'll stop doing the coding and I'll blow up. But until then it's like, um, I'm essentially a musician for hire and a coder for hire. And so one of them keeps me sustained. Right, and the other one will just be either a hobby or I can somehow still make cash on the side with. And what do you do for for promo? Like you know, you're mentioning blowing up. Like, uh, do you just do like the typical playlist things? Like, is there any strategies? You have? I'm really bad at promo. I'm like the worst person Dude, I know at it. <laughs> I am not the guy to talk to promos because I am surprised people even find me at this point. I have gotten there's this. We have a person who. Their IG handle is the Asylum Promotions, and they and they go around like sending out, "Hey, this person's about to drop this time," and they send it to reviewers and stuff. And like, if you check out my YouTube, like I would have never gotten those many views. Like, it's not many, many, quote unquote. It's like at least in the hundreds, because like usually when I post the music, I get like one or two views. Spotify sometimes they'll get it going, but then as soon as I got them, I started to get like a 
like a few hundred here and there. And I'm like, all right, this is starting to grow. This is starting to blow up. And I'm like, all right, I need to get my promotion going. I need to like probably just try to put hashtags on Instagram. I need to probably um, source myself to other people. I need to send the reactions and stuff. And I just need to, yeah, I try to do playlists. I haven't been as efficient with them. I haven't been consistent. But look at Mostic. Like, I remember when he joined the crew, like he was such a little baby. And now it's been almost probably a year since he's joined. And he's freaking popping off. He has what five hundred um, IG on IG or Spotify. I don't remember. He's getting views on Spotify. He's people are hitting him up instead of him hitting other people up. I heard he got his own producer now, <laughs> and he's making these music videos. And I'm like, dude, I'm slacking. It's probably because I'm camera shy, but like he, I'm slacking, man. That kid's popping. Right, I agree. I I hate showing my face on stuff. That's why I have a podcast that's audio. And um, yeah, Mossick, I think making the videos helps. I think the fact he is young, you know, I think when other sixteen year olds see a sixteen year old doing stuff, they feel cooler about it. Um, so I do think the the audience he's going for is so slightly different. Um, but yeah, I know he is doing well. I will say my advice for you is fuck Instagram. Now, maybe I'm wrong, but their algorithms have been messed up for me for a couple months. I get ze- I get so little interaction, so maybe it's just me. But Instagram has seemed to die, you know, for whatever reason. Twitter has definitely been my, my biggest assist so far. I've gotten quite a few listens over the last six months because I've been active on Twitter. Um, you can find a lot of people that will – uh, add you to playlists, at least check you out. I would highly recommend my homies over at Graveyard ENT. Uh, if you are friendly with them and you interact with them and are supportive of their artists or nasty, they will get you on some playlists if they like your stuff. Um, they have gotten me so many lessons. It's ridiculous. Um, also, uh, at underscore caviar music is a playlist that I haven't made any of theirs personally. I've been trying to get them on this podcast, but it's like pulling teeth. Uh, but they have a Playlist that gets a lot of people um, plays every month. Uh, you know, as long as you're supportive, you stick around. Eventually, they'll try to get you on some playlists. Um, I mean, they have put me on some, but not any of the major, major ones. Um, so I just think I haven't been on any of your music podcasts in so long, though. I haven't done that in a while. I know you got to send stuff to the music podcast. I will say, someone sent me stats of like, you know, we've gotten them 400 listens over the last year off hours, which isn't a lot, but it's something. But yeah, it's a progress. Yeah, I mean. Yeah. Like I remember, I was getting. I feel like I was getting more recognition. Maybe I, I haven't done SoundCloud, but Spotify. Like I knew when I was sending stuff to you or to other people, it was definitely popping up. I definitely send out to um like my college friends and stuff, and they'll fucking listen. And I send it to different group chats that I'm in, and especially with the amount of people I'm working with. I think I'm going to be spreading around, especially the track that I was promoting on my Instagram. It has it has an artist who has literally maybe 50k streams. And, and almost 10k followers and i'm like bro what the heck the 16 year old flexing on me so hard and she, and he was like oh i forgot i was about to ask you for a charge but we homies so i'm like wait what because <laughs> he was he was bopping on that and i was and i just i just found it on a sing on a singing discord and i'm like i'm thank god for collection connections and collabs and stuff right well and some of them you know i have some friends as well that have very large numbers like that that have done collabs with me and it did not transfer right like and that's where and i'm not even trying to hate i just some numbers aren't real right like to me if someone was really a fan of of my work and then i done a song with you when that song came out they're gonna go listen to it because it's gonna pop up right that i have a new song with you on spotify um that didn't necessarily happen to a lot of people 
that had more. So I do think a lot of people's monthly followers and listeners are based on the playlist they're on and things like that. You know, like, so I don't know how many fans are the top. They're like, oh, I wonder if so-and-so has new music. You know, like, I've just always wanted these things. Also, numbers just aren't truthful anymore. Um, anyone can buy listeners. So sometimes you kind of, I I do take some numbers with a grain of salt if I feel like what I'm hearing doesn't match that number. I'm just like, oh, okay, well, this is weird, you know, so uh, maybe that's just me being a hater, you know, like Strong Maurice, another friend of the podcast, me and him have a collab together, and I finally got it on some playlists months and months later, because, you know, it's 420 this month, and it's a a little pot song, and it got over a thousand plays because of these playlists, and then he seemed kind of upset about it, like, well, it only got it because of those playlists, and I was like, well... That's the name of the fucking Spotify game, man. That's what, that's what we're doing. So I don't know. It's weird. You know, everyone has their own thoughts about it. But it's hard to I measure just, success, yeah. I guess, is what I'm getting at. Yeah. All I'm thinking right now is that after this album drop, if I make music, I'll make music. But I ain't trying to, like, go too crazy on deadlines and stuff. I want to see if maybe, like, if you want to hire me for a mix or if you know anyone wants to hire a mix or if anyone on this podcast wants to hire me for a mix, Hit me up. My IG is probably in the description or something. Or if it's not, well, it's at. I'll DM tag you Wong. at least on yeah. Instagram when this comes out, and on if you're on Twitter when it comes out. So they I should be able to not find have you. a Twitter. Actually, you I... should make one before Wednesday. <laughs> Why is that? I'm telling you. I will say. Let's see. I mean, I'm not even trying to. I don't brag about numbers or whatever, but I have about five or six songs over a thousand plays. Uh, my number one song right now is that. 3,400 plays. And it is all because of people I've met on Twitter adding me to playlists. Like, that is it. Before I got on Twitter, I had like 20 monthly listeners. Now that I'm on Twitter interacting, I have 131 monthly listeners. So I just really think the music community and the people that will support you on Twitter is so much better than Instagram or I guess Facebook would be the other one people might use. Or I don't know about Snapchat. I'm not on there. Uh, Discord's fine, but it's honestly just competitive artists. I've just found um, some really good homies on Twitter. If you, if you're on there and I, I tag you, hopefully they'll add you and you can make connections. So I was very resistant to Twitter for years for years and years, I was against it, but it has been the biggest boost for my music uh, numbers more than anything else. I would say. All right, I'll, I'll see if I'll try it. So, I haven't been much because there's always like always this Twitter drama and stuff, and I'm like, I don't want to deal with that. Oh no, yeah, but don't follow any of that. Don't argue about uh, racist shit. It seems to be the <laughs> the, the whole seems to be the trigger here. point. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but if you like, I said Graveyard ENT, they're the homies. Caviar music I mentioned. Uh, there's this. A uh, chick named Karma who's on our music podcast. She sends in music. Me and her just did a collab together in the works uh, version. Anyone's hearing of that? Uh, she is really nice and she's always sharing stuff. She has like a bunch of followers. You know, she helps network people. There's just, you come across some people that um, will connect you with people and they'll be like, hey, if you follow my playlist, I'll add you to it. And you do that a couple times. And people, I don't do that honestly too often because I feel like that's kind of fake fans. Um, but Every once in a while, I'll come across some people that are friendly. I'll become nice, you know, invite them to my podcast, ask them to check out my music. I'll check out theirs, things like that. But it just seems Twitter is the nicest place for music makers at the moment. So that's okay. my, my pro tip. If I make one, I'll send you the my Twitter handle. All right. Well, if you don't, yeah. you're just missing out on all these free plays. <laughs> uh I'm just trying to I'm just trying to make a name for myself and then I'll just go away. <laughs> Right on, man. 
check out um, your new project. Uh, what's the name of it again? I already forgot. <laughs> Isolation. Isolation uh, by Anthony Wong on Spotify and Apple and all those other places. And then uh, what song do you want to play at the end of this? Uh, I sent it to you on dis- on Discord. I was about to say DistroKid. Like, uh, it's the it's a wave file of the track. It's featuring it's me, Petra Vita, and Layman. Okay. Yeah. Hell yeah. We'll play that. And then if you want to send any for other music episodes, you know, definitely do that. Um, and I uh, hope everyone enjoys your song and checks out your shit, man. All right. You let me know when the next music podcast coming up, and I'll send the stuff your way. All right, dude. Peace. Popping off in these dinners, y'all be thinking I be venerating up the competition. What but one assassination? Better half of your protection, more corona and infection. Ain't no armor stopping this dragon. Ooh. Godzilla just blazing causing mayhem. Ooh. I knock you out with one finger hit, man. Hey. I'm throwing bar the bar the bar, cause they can't handle flames, leaving dead in the streets. Damn. And I'ma go and just eat. Hey. Back to the crib and get freaky in the sheets. Ooh. Place burning down, it's just too much heat. Ooh. And I ain't doing nothing, she's just feeling the beat. Okay. We the boys at the AMG. And the homies watch kinetics, the MVPs. I'm tired of these snakes sneaking up on me. Blast y'all away like a Goku saying three. On my way now to the burning line I'm about to reach my final evolution Y'all can try me, even play with me But once I get there, I'ma burn you all I will be Fuego, Fuego, Fuego Knocking your damn in this combo gon' stack Fuego, Fuego Watching your rap just burn down in these tracks Fuego Backs up on yaks and we taking it all Cash, cash, yeah, we taking it all Leaving you nothing, we burning it all Alright, look, the situation's bad We got a lot of rappers done shit on rap A lot of trappers that have never trapped And I ain't either, but I don't claim that High motherfuckers over high hats And one too many fucking bitch anthems Suburban kids like me with gats Jargon, you ain't touch handguns Give me like a story that is true but to bore me And if you can't, got shitty news for thee World moves quick and you're left behind The future's now when we're all in 4D Tandem with a bar from the bottom like a startup and blows down your house and cars like hey mara course is shifted and you don't make par not time to change if you don't want them to ignore you on my way now to the burning line i'm about to reach my final evolution y'all can try me even play with me but once i get there i'ma burn you all i will be fuego 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 knocking your diamond this combo gon' stack fuego Fuego, watching your rap just burn down in these tracks. Fuego, Fuego, racks up on yaks and we taking it all. Cash, cash, yeah, we taking it all. Leaving you nothing, we burning it all. This is about to be the fucking worst you've ever witnessed. I don't fuck with anybody. I've been burning every bridge and I've been working every minute. From the person I admitted that was birth without a limit. I've been murking instrumentals, instrumental murking. Get a pencil lurking on the page. Anything you spit is worth the summer server with the flames. I've been grinding all night. You've been sleeping all day. You've been writing all about a mind, writing my rage. Yeah. You wanna diss me? I'ma rap away. I rap away. You couldn't. If it's gritty, then I'll rap away. You catch a case. Grab the mask and play the statue with it. And the mask and tape. But you so strap your face and then I'll stash it in the cabinet space. Oh, I'm giving them props. I'm killing them all. For really, I'm willing to ball. For the guy. Forget him. I get him. I get him. They're sending their shot. Get him. And I'm claiming the shit. I'm evil to witness. I'm getting a claw. Getting the criminal. Every girl I've seen is someone that's sending the crops. On my way now to the burning line. I'm about to reach my final evolution. Y'all can try me. Even play with me. But once I get there, I'ma burn you all. I will be Fuego. 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 Knocking y'all down in this combo gon' stack. Fuego. Fuego. Watching your rap just burn down in these tracks. Fuego. Fuego. Racks up on yaks to be taking it all. Cash.
cash, yeah, we taking it home Leaving you nothing, we burning it all